Okay, well, thank you guys. And, uh, you know, we did have, my wife and I did have dinner with Dean and Juliet. <laughs> and uh, it was really great. If you guys haven't had a chance to go to their house and eat, I highly recommend it. I had uh, at least a half rack of ribs. It was awesome. No, almost a full rack of ribs, I'm sorry. And uh, quinoa salad, which was impressive. But uh, we had a great time together. They're great people. And if you don't know them, get a, take time to get to know them. Uh, we are going to uh, continue our series entitled Thirst. We're in the middle of a series. We've been calling it Thirst. It's been going on for a couple of months. And our, our, uh, uh, our, text, or the, our text is uh, the uh, Psalms. So we're going to be teaching from the Psalms today. And we've been just taking one Psalm every now and then. And we study it out. We learn what we can about it. And then we allow it to uh, marinate in our hearts for a week. And then we do another one the next week. And so we're going to be doing that all the way through the end of the month. And then we'll be get kicking off a new series at the end of the month entitled The Elephant in the Room. And we will be talking about subjects that are uncomfortable to talk about. So that's one uh, series you won't want to miss. It's going to go on for several weeks. Encourage you to come back for that, but we are going to do Thirst Now. And before I get started, I have a game that I want to play. And, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know uh, why we're in this little tiny room as opposed to the nice bigger room across the hall, uh, you know, the reality is the hotel's been very nice to us, and we actually have rented this room for church. This is actually our room because it's less expensive than the room across the hall. It's actually quite expensive over there. Uh, but the deal was they would let us use that room at no extra charge as long as there was never, as long as there was no conflict with another group. Well, there's another group here today. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And so they've moved us over here. So this is actually our first time in our room that we've rented. And uh, it's a cozy little room, isn't it? We got a nice tight little feel in here. But uh, that should not take away from our zeal and our enthusiasm. In fact, it should only make it better. Right because we're going to be closer. We're going to be nudged up against one another and, and we can do the elbowing, you know, when a certain thing is said, you go, oh, that's so him or that's so her and you give him an elbow, okay? So we're going to have a good time together. But before we get started, I want to play a little bit of a game. And uh, this is a fill in the blank game, but I'm going to do it with song lyrics. So I'm going to say a song lyric and then when I go like this, you're going to complete the song lyric. We'll start off with an easy one. This is one that we should all know. And the trick is going to be that I'm actually going to read. I'm not going to sing it. So that makes it a little trickier, I, I know. But, but I picked song lyrics that we should all know. And if you don't know them, shame on you. You should know these song lyrics. So I'm going to go. And when I go like this, you fill in the song lyric. Ready? I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. That's right. From Barney. You guys know Barney. All right, here we go. My most favorite one. You were working as a waitress. When I met you. How did you not know that? It's you were working as a waitress in a cocktail. When I met you. All right, now we're going to go back. We're going back into the the heyday of John Teal, right here. John Teal's heyday. Are you ready? This is a ways, a ways ago. There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold. That's right. What song is that one from? Stairway to Heaven. All right. Here's another one. You should all know this one, I think. 
I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. Okay, now this one, I will confess, I did not know this one. But I was assured. I was absolutely 100% assured that anybody under 20 will know this one. So here it is. It's very short. Turn down. For what? Turn down for what? I have no idea. All right. And then the classic. You got to have this. This has got to be sung at every wedding, at any celebration. This is just the classic. Here we go. Some will win. Some will lose. Some were born to sing the blues. That's right. Journey. You know, it's pretty amazing when you think about it, but but when words are put to music, there's something about it that makes it much more memorable. Oh, yeah. and, and maybe it's the music and all that, all that comes with that. It stirs the emotion, but, it, but it, it's able to like get stuck in our psyche when words are put to music. Psalms, which we're studying in this series, is just that. These are words that were put to music. It's a song book. It's right there in the middle of the Bible. Now... The Psalms, the, the, the lyrics are usually about God or, or, or sometimes they're sung to God and they're absolutely intended to be memorable. That's why they're put to music. But they're not only meant to be memorable, they're also instructive. They also teach us something about God or about ourselves. The Psalms have been the songbook for the church and for the Jews before, the Jewish people before the Christian church came to life, for centuries, you'd be surprised how many lyrics you know that are really a direct reference out of the Psalms. The book itself is not put together chronologically. It's not a history book. The songs are not, the songs are not in any order of when they were written, but they're, they're organized categorically. They're in categories, and there's five basic categories in the Psalms. We call them the five books of Psalms. And, and each of the books correlates with one of the uh, 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 first five books of the Bible. So book one of Psalms begins in Psalm 1 and goes to Psalm 41, and it correlates with Genesis. But, but it also correlates with Genesis, not historically, but thematically. In other words, the spirit of Genesis is communicated in the Psalms, book one of the Psalms. And, and Genesis is all about good and evil. And so the, the first... 41 psalms are generally about that. Then, then you have song, uh, Psalms book 2. Begins in chapter 42 and goes to, I think, 72. That correlates with Exodus. The theme is deliverance and so on. Today, we're going to study Psalms 1. It's the first one. And in many ways, it's the first of all of the psalms because in Psalms 1... It, it, it sort of introduces the, the first category of songs, the theme of good and evil. But, but more than that, that theme is carried on throughout all of the Psalms. In fact, it's carried on throughout all of the Bible. Specifically, Psalms 1 is a contrast. It contrasts the good or the righteous against the unrighteous. Let's pray before we read Psalms 1. Father, thank you for this time to bring us together and inspire us with your word. Speak through each, uh, to each and every one of us and through me. 
that we may hear the message of Psalms 1 and that we may be moved in our heart, that it may be memorable to us so that we can take it with us not just today, but tomorrow and into the future. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Psalms 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners stand or, or, or sinners take or, in the, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I, I apologize. We're not, we're not using our, our PowerPoint or our, our video presentation much anymore. We're just trying to keep things straightforward and simple so we can focus on the text. So if, if I, I forgot to mention, if you have your Bible, take it out. If you, if you have an app on your phone, you know, open it up. If you don't, borrow with someone that's sitting next to you because we really want to just focus on the text here, take all the frills away and zero in on what God God's word has to say for us. And right off the bat, the first word mentioned in the, in the first psalm, in the first psalms of all the psalms is the word blessed. And this is a complicated word in the Bible. It's a powerful word. It's a rich word. It's got a lot of meaning. On the surface, it means happy. But really, the word blessed comes from the Hebrew word esher. And, and that, that, that word has the idea of not only happiness, but also contentment. So it's a deeper level of happiness. It's not happy because of happenings. Oh, I won the lottery. I'm happy. No, it's, it's happiness on a very deep, profound level, a continual type of happiness or a contentment. Now, that word, esher, comes from another word, asher, starts with an A instead of an E. And it means to be straight or to be right. And so if you put this together, the word blessed basically has this idea. Uh, 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 it's, in other words, it says it would, it would read something like this. Happy, content is the man or woman who is right, who is straight with God. That's the idea behind this word blessed. The funny thing in, in Psalms 1 is that the psalmist assumes that the audience he's speaking to knows what it means to be straight with God, to be right with God, to be righteous. Now, that's a funny assumption. Not everybody knows that. But it, the psalmist makes that assumption. He assumes his audience already knows that. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But for now, the thing I want to draw your attention to in the, in the opening statement, the opening lyric of Psalm 1, is that he's contrasting the way of the righteous with the way of the unrighteous. That's what the psalm is about. It's a contrast. Here's what the righteous look like. Here's what the unrighteous look like. He describes the righteous. Anyway, uh, and here's what the un unrighteous look like. Now, verse 2, we get a little bit of insight into what the righteous look like. And, and he uses this phrase, delight and meditate. Those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night. That statement, the law of the Lord, the thing that we're supposed to medit, delight in and meditate on, it's a reference to something called the law of Moses. It's, they're basically synonymous. And, and the law of Moses was the, 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 basically the Ten Commandments. We would remember them as the, as the Ten Commandments. There wasn't just ten, there was a lot. And they were given by God to Moses at Mount Sinai almost 3,500 years ago. And Moses delivered them to the people of Israel. And that law became the law of the people of Israel. It became their law code. It covered every area of life, criminal, civil, religious. And, and in that law was what it meant to be righteous. 
And the psalmist says that, 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 is, that the law of the Lord or the law of Moses, that's what the righteous delight in and that's what the righteous meditate on. So I'm going to play another game with you really quick. This one is not song lyric, it's a phrase. But I want you to complete the phrase. Ready? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. The point is, righteousness doesn't happen by being near the source of righteousness. Any more than getting, quenching your thirst happens by standing near water. We have to drink to quench our thirst. If we want to be righteous, we have to delight in the source of righteousness. Got another phrase for you. You want to complete this one. It's a short one. Rinse and repeat. repeat. Anybody that shampoos knows rinse and repeat. The point is that righteousness doesn't come about through occasional use. You cannot quench your thirst by just drinking occasionally from water anymore. Uh, you, you can't quench it ongoingly if you just drink occasionally. It needs to be something you do continually, repeatedly, regularly. The psalmist says day and night. But the idea is, that's, what the, idea, that's the idea behind the word meditation. It's repeated use. It's repeated returning to the source. And in this case, the source is the law of Moses, the law of the Lord, what we would call the Ten Commandments. That was the law code. That's what defined righteousness to the Jewish people at the time that this psalm was written. And so the psalmist, when he writes the psalm, he just assumes that his audience knows what he's talking about. They know the law of the Lord because that law of Moses was the, was the, the centerpiece of their faith ever since it was delivered by, uh, from, uh, from God to Moses to them 35 hundred years ago at Mount Sinai. So righteousness comes when we delight in and meditate on, drink deeply of and drink often from the source of righteousness. Now that is a game changer. For a lot of people in this world, uh, we're, are, we're a lot like, uh, are a lot like I was at one point in my life. I, I would frequently stand near the source of righteousness. I knew that the Bible existed. I knew some of what it said. On occasion, I might have read it or heard it in church or heard it in passing somewhere or references to in, in the, the popular culture out there. But I never actually drank deeply from it. I never delighted in it. And I certainly didn't go back for repeated use. It was a once in a while kind of thing. And I was like a guy who washed his hair once in a while. It was dirty. It was messy. It was oily. It was greasy because there was no repeated use. And when I, when I came to this realization, what, what the psalmist here is singing about, when I came to the realization that, that the, the, the key, the trick to going from unrighteous to righteous or from ignorant because I didn't even know what the source said that well to being informed the key was daily or, or I should say was regular and repeated use of the source of righteousness 
Now, verse 3, the second lyric in the, in the psalm, it describes what happens to the person, what they look like when they delight in and they meditate on the law of the Lord. And it says, they're like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. wither. Whatever they do prospers. Now, the fact of the matter is, that doesn't always look like that to me. I don't always believe that. That's a hard one because I see all kinds of unrighteous people who seem to be prospering and they look really good for way too long, in my opinion. But the psalm is, is the song is promising me that at some point they will not prosper, that there is a point where they they will wither. But the righteous person who may not look like they're prospering in all situations is always going to thrive. The person that's always going to the source, delighting in and meditating on, is always going to thrive. They never wither away. It doesn't matter for the tree. If there's a drought, as long as he's got a stream of water feeding him, that tree's going to look great in the middle of the desert. It doesn't matter if it's stormy or blustery outside. That tree's always going to look good. It's always going to be thriving because he's got a source of water. He's got a source of nourishment. So then we get to the next uh, part of the, the, the next lyric in the song, verse 4. He says, Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteousness. Now this is a description, it's a contrast. He first gave us what it looks like to be righteous, and now he's contrasting that with what it looks like to be unrighteous. This is what happens to the unrighteous. Those who don't drink from the source, who don't rinse and repeat, who don't meditate and delight in the law of the Lord. He says they're like chaff. Now chaff is, a, is the outer covering of a, of a kernel of grain. In those days, and you've probably seen this on TV, you know, reenactments, they would, during harvest time, the, the grain would be harvested, they would put it in a basket, the basket had like a netting in the bottom of it, and, uh, or, or, or didn't necessarily have to, and they would rub the grain around, and, and that friction would, would peel off the outer covering of the grain. Now, the, the outer covering is great for the grain to keep it protected, but once it's peeled off, it's completely useless, it's, and they called it chaff. And what the, what the harvesters would do is they would take their little basket and they'd throw the grain in the air, the heavy grain would just fall back down, the chaff would just get carried away by the breeze. That's how God describes the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. The righteous have substance. They have weight. They will come back down and they will be in the basket. The unrighteous have no substance. There's no weight there and they will just be blown away. They'll just vanish. Be taken away. They will lack on the day of judgment. Now this brings us to another point that the psalmist has assumed we already know that there is a day of judgment. I don't know when that day is going to come, but I know that day will come for every one of us. There will be a day where we are called to account for all of our actions, all of our thoughts, all of our words. We will stand before God and we will be held accountable. And the real question is, will you have the weight to be able to stand? Or will you just be blown away? You know, I mentioned earlier 
that we would come back to the whole idea of what righteousness is and how the, how, you know, the, 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 the psalmist just assumes we know what it is. And because they were Jews, we know he's referring to the law of the Lord, the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, right? Well, many generations after the law of the Lord was delivered through Moses at Mount Sinai and given to the people, another law was delivered. And this time it wasn't a law that was given on a stone tablet. It, was, it came in person. The person was Jesus Christ. He came some 2,000 years ago. And he lived a perfect life. He fulfilled the law of Moses in every way. And it was in his teaching and in his life that we now know the fullness or the full version of the law of the Lord. The law of Moses wasn't bad, but it was incomplete. And it wasn't made complete until Jesus Christ came and he completed it. He fulfilled it. And so for now, moving forward, ever since the time of Christ, righteousness has been defined by Jesus Christ, by his message, by his method, what he taught and what he did. And so if you want to know, if you want to be prepared for the day of judgment, if you want to be solid and be able to stand there in all good conscience before the Lord, not worried about the judgment, then you better know the source, Jesus Christ. You better know his message and you better know his method. And it's only those who delight in him and meditate on him and his teaching that will be blessed, that will be happy, content, straight, right with God. Right. Only those. They will not be blown away. They will not wither up in the heat. They will remain fruitful and they will thrive even through the day of judgment. It's only those that will be blessed. So the song ends with the last lyric of the song, verse 6. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now this is a, a summary of the song. In, in, in many ways, this little song is summarized right here. Maybe this was the chorus. I don't know. I don't, we don't have the, the song sheet anymore. We have the lyrics, not the music. But not only does this summarize Psalms 1, but in, in a lot of ways it summarizes all of the Psalms. But you know, it even summarizes all of the law of Moses and, and really all of what Jesus said and did. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. God blesses the righteous and he destroys the unrighteous. That's the message. That's the whole uh, summary of Psalm 1 in, in a nutshell. It's the whole summary of all the Psalms. It's the whole summary of the whole will of God. The righteous are blessed. The wicked are destroyed. I can't think of a better way to summarize it. The question is, which one do you want to be? Where do you want to stand on Judgment Day? I want to leave you with a little word picture, just a little image to have in your mind. 
I want you to picture a field and there's some streams in this field. It's a great field. It's, it's totally natural. It's unpolluted. It's beautiful. And the streams are perfect and you can drink out of them. They're great. And you're a tree in this field. And you're not too far from some of those streams. And you could, you could be nourished all year long. You could thrive all year long. But all it's going to take is for your roots to delight in and meditate on. In other words, pursue, move towards the streams, and not quit, not give up. Continue to drink deeply from the stream. And when you do that, you'll produce fruit, and you'll never, never wither. It doesn't matter what's going on, whether it's raining or hot or drought, you're always going to thrive. In this life, and in the life to come. The result would be happiness and contentment for today and for eternity. I started off the, the, the little message here <coughs> with a little lyric game, and I'm going to do one more. Okay, we got one more lyric that I want you to, to complete. And uh, we're going to begin transitioning into communion now. It's a time to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And and so as we, we do this lyric game, we're going to move into our communion time. So fill in the blank here. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. For the Bible tells me so. Words put to music. They have a powerful way of helping us remember important truths. And there's no more important truth than the love of God. That love of God was shown to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life. He, he brought the message and the method. He completed the law of Moses. He fulfilled all righteousness. He showed us exactly what it looks like, exactly what it's going to take. And he's right there at our fingertips for any one of us to just reach in, to delight in, to meditate on, and we will be happy and content. We will be fulfilled. We will be satisfied. We will thrive. We will be solid in this life and in the life to come. And that is a powerful message. That's a powerful song for us to remember. But it all came about through Jesus Christ, who ultimately was rejected in his day, arrested, and executed on a cross. And so when we take this bread and this cup, it's not that we're celebrating the fact that he died. We're celebrating the fact that he lived and ultimately died so that we could live. So let's think about these things as we take the bread and the cup. The ushers are going to come forward now. We'll say a prayer, and we can take from the bread and the cup. We'll pass the trays. We'll have a, quiet of, uh, a moment of quiet meditation, and then uh, the song leaders will come up and lead us in a song, and then we'll, conclude with our, we'll, we'll continue with our, our time this morning. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for this time to bring us together and thank you for this opportunity to worship you and to connect with you and to meditate on you, to delight in you. And I pray, Father, that Psalms, become, Psalms 1 becomes one of those messages, one of those songs that we just put into our hearts on a regular basis, that we allow it to uh, uh, get inside of us so that we can remember it and drink deeply from it each and every day. We love you. We thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for this time to remember your son Jesus on the cross. It's in his name we pray. Amen.